Tristan, just the two of us today, but to make up for that, we're joined by two esteemed guests to make up for Ian's absence. It will be Chris from Absolute Sales and Lettings and Jamie from Saltwater Escapes. It isn't just that those taxation pressures and potentially some regulation around the corner that limits holiday home ownership specifically. There's, there's other wider factors that I think are going to put more pressure on homeowners and potentially make it more challenging to come into a holiday letting so you know fuel pricing at the moment is, is obviously crazy the impact that can have on your operating costs all year round is, is really significant these guys are based in brixham down in devon uh, they run an established sales and lettings business as an estate agency and also a specialist holiday lettings business and we've spoken about it on previous podcasts neither of us know anything about holiday lets but it's a big topic of conversation. So what are you, lo- what are you looking forward to, to finding out? It's certainly going to be, be a big uh, eye-opener for me, um, not really knowing much about holiday lets that you said, but for me, I think following on from the DPS podcast we have, we have a lot of people selling up to move to the coast, interested to see the trends there, seeing whether the market's booming, just like we're seeing in, in rentals locally, um, and just see it, seeing how it works, really, and getting a better understanding from my side of those landlords listening that's maybe thinking about um, doing a holiday let or haven't because they don't know what they're doing. These guys are in agency, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get quite granular with them on facts and figures and how the entire how the entire process works because I'm a landlord, I own property locally, but I've always looked at holiday lets as far as well. How do I do it from from three or four hours away? How do I know what I'm picking? How do I know how it's going to return? And how on earth do I manage the thing? I mean, I'm quite experienced at renting a holiday cottage. As a, as a family with a dog, we like to go every year to Devon and Cornwall. So I'm looking forward to seeing things from the when, the when the shoe's on the other foot, actually. So without further ado, let's get Chris and Jamie on the podcast. Let's do it. So Chris, Jamie, thanks so much for joining us on this week's podcast. We've been crying out for a holiday lettings and a coastal estate agent for weeks and weeks now. And you guys have answered the call. So we're really, really pleased that you could join us. And I'm sure the audience are too, because we've had questions coming in from some of our landlords. First and traditional question, guys, what got you into property? Personally, I've always had an interest in it. And I'd gone down a different sales path originally after I left after I left school and college and enjoyed sales, wasn't enjoying, you know, what I was selling and uh, decided to uh, try my hand at state agency. And here we are 16, 17 years later. So, you know, it's still property still excites me, whether it's, uh, you know, buying, selling, renting, uh, holiday letting. Um, so that's what got me uh, into property. Jay? Yeah, so I moved away from Brixham about 15 years ago, started working around London and wanted to find somewhere back at home, really, that I could bring my family back to. So saw the boom, really, in Brixham. That'd been there for some time, actually, and thought from an investment perspective, this makes sense. But also knowing the area as well, after growing up, it, you know, it, it made uh, made complete sense to, to get into it and invest into something which you know, had a had a really strong, sustainable future. So Jamie's made the move from Brixham up to Hampshire, near where we are, and then back down again to to create this holiday lettings business. What about you, Chris? Are you a Devon 
Devon man through and through? Are you well I, as well? Uh, I, I've been accepted, I think is probably the, uh, the right terminology. Um, I was a blow-in from the Midlands when I was a lad and uh, moved down here when I was five and all bar a little six-month stop off in uh, Froome and Trowbridge. I, uh, I've been here for 30, well, I don't know, whatever it is, 36, 37 years, something along those kind of lines. I think it's um, long, so long enough to be called a local, enough. is it? Yeah, long enough, long enough. Is there an amount of time it takes to be a local in Devon and Cornwall? <laughs> Sometimes you might never be local. <laughs> and, and, and certainly here in Brixham, you know, the true locals will say you've got to have three generations in the graveyard. So some, some will not consider me to be a local at all. But yeah, generally speaking, when you've been here long enough, you're okay. So the small talk question that all of us around this table are always asked in, in the pub or over dinner is, is how's the market? What's going on in your part of the world? It's still uh, very, very busy. There is a, uh, you know, and I keep saying this every time I go out to a to evaluation. There is a, there's a big, still a big gap between um, supply and demand, and uh, the, the the supply just isn't there at the minute. You know, really locally here in Brixham, and uh, you know, as a company, we've got five five offices, and pretty much all five offices are seeing exactly the same thing. Um, and that is that, that they've been trading on about 50% you know, of their normal stock for, um, for well, over, well over 12 months. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been hard going. Very, very much hand to mouth. It comes in and, and goes out pretty much straight away. And today is a classic case in point here in Brixham. We put three on the market late on Friday all three this morning have sold. So, um, so yeah, it's still it's still very much hand to mouth. My best guess, gut feeling, you know, experience tells me that with everything that's going on in the wider world, I would have thought somewhere around the second, third quarter of this year, I would think it will start to um, uh, start to slow down and, and and plateau. And I think that gap between supply and demand will start to close up. So. Yeah, I, I think somewhere between July and September, I think we'll start to see the market plateau in terms of uh, in terms of pricing, and uh, we'll probably become a bit more what we call a buyer's market. Yeah, I think nation, nationwide we're certainly seeing that trend. Although you don't feel it yet, there's actually more houses coming available than there were this time in 2019 by about five percent. But because there's so little on the market already as available stock people just snap like piranhas around the new listings um, and they go absolutely crazy. Mm. What, what about yourself, Jamie, with, uh, with holiday let bookings? Yeah, so I bought my first holiday let about six years ago now. That's how I ended up getting into, into this business. Got a real taste for it, really enjoyed it. At the time, for cost my mind back kind of six years ago, there was already a lot of demand for holiday let accommodation in Brixham. That's, I think, steadily grew every single year. And then we hit COVID and it went absolutely crazy, but effectively just accelerated a trend that was already there. We now come out of it at the other end. It's brought a lot of new visitors to the area. A lot of them have seen Brixham for the first time. A lot of them looking to invest and put the two two together are now looking to, to take their first steps onto the holiday let market so really exciting our you know we've grown the business we started off saltwater escapes back in april 2019 so just before covid started 
we're now up to about 18, 19 properties just in around this local area. Um, about a year ago, we had seven or eight properties on the book. So that just shows you how much more ownership there is and just how much help people need at the same time, just because it is. These red, are, these are new landlords new that, are, that are coming in. Are they new landlords rather than you taking business from, from other, other companies? Correct. So, yeah, new, new business, new, new owners. And you can definitely see that just in terms of the, the amount of inventory now, whenever you, you know, hop onto Airbnb, you look for a, you know, a cottage or an apartment in Brixham, you know, put in your weeks and search for it. The amount of options now available is probably double um, than what it was over a couple of years ago. So it is a lot more competitive than what it was, but it's, it's, it's a hot, hot market at the moment. Everyone wants to jump into it. Is, is demand still outweighing supply from the point of view of us suburban folk looking to get down for a week in the sun? So uh, at, at the moment, I'd, I'd say, yes, things have st- started to slow a little bit since the start of the year. If I cast my mind back to a year ago, it was a pretty challenging period then because most holiday homes were kind of locked up, really, as a result of local lockdown restrictions and things like that. It has been a little bit slow so far this year, uh, and that's driven fuel pricing. It's a really big factor at the moment. It's just costing more people to come down for the for the weekend um, versus beforehand. So I, I'd say that's a concern, but it, it, it isn't really. We're looking at demand now over the summer is still really, really strong. You know, our occupancy for most of our properties over the peak summer period is about 80% already. And we're about three, four months away from getting into the peak season as well. So that's a really good place to be, I think, at the moment. People's people's habits are changing as well, aren't they? Uh, you know, seeing a lot more uh, last minute, you know, last minute bookings, and you know, a week, two weeks before, you know, seeing what's around. Or let's nip here for the weekend. One of the benefits of where we are geographically is that, uh, I mean, where Jamie was before he moved down, it used to take me two and a half, two hours, you know, two and three quarter hours to get and see him. So it wasn't it wasn't the longest of journeys. So uh, so people are making those sort of last minute last minute bookings as well aren't they Jack? yeah definitely i think technology is a massive enabler in that now so tech companies have got all of your browsing behavior they know what you're interested in you might have actually looked for a brixton based stay a couple of months ago for the same dates you didn't decide to go for it for whatever reason and they just find ways of remarketing these things to you because they know that you're interested in certain things they've got all your your, your previous browsing behavior so Technology definitely is, has played a big role in some of that. There's definitely a, a big trend around what they call slaycations, stays over the winter periods, uh, becoming much more popular, around, particularly around this part of the country. So, yeah, the winters aren't brutally cold. They're quite mild. It can get some pretty wet, windy days, don't get me wrong, but perfect for you know, anybody wanting to explore a new part of the country, bring their pet along as well. There's plenty of places to explore coastal path here as well so you know the demand for breaks during the lower season i think that's probably the most change i've seen since i became a holiday home owner five years ago it's already really always really really busy brixham has always been really busy during the school summer holidays but it's always really busy here now isn't it chris even November, December, January, there's a constant flow of people going through the town. I still remember coming back for an appointment. It would have been probably November sort of time last year. 
I've never seen the harbour side so busy at that time of year, ever. So, yeah, the, the, as Jay says, there are far more people coming down into the town, you know, in the off-season, low-season, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Possibly a reflection in so many people getting pets during lockdown. Yeah, I've, I've got a dog. I've had a dog for six or seven years now. And we, as soon as we got the dog, we suddenly started taking holidays in Devon and Cornwall because we could drive down, dog in the back, stop once, and then especially out of season, as you say, we felt much more welcome out of season because all the beaches are open to you. It's not so crowded. All the pubs are open to you. And particularly the independent shopkeepers, you can walk down the street with your dog and the shopkeeper will actually invite you in with the dog rather than having to tie the dog up outside because it's it's so geared towards that kind of lifestyle. It's interesting. I went to, um, you know, for us, a little weekend away, we popped down to Cornwall for, for us. You know, it's only an hour, hour and a half. We went down to St. Ives around the, uh, the time the summit was there last year. The town was horrendously busy, awful. But I, I said to my wife, I said, you know what, actually, it'd be lovely to come back here in the winter, which we did. We went back in, in November and it was a totally different beast. Everybody was so more, so more, much more welcoming. And um, yeah, it was nice. I'm, I'm glad I did that. It was a nice time of year to go. Mm. Obviously a bit more of a real town, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So Tristan's a bit more of a nuts and bolts man around lettings. I think he's itching to ask you about taxation and qualification and the government. So I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him pipe in now. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to um, sort of step in, to be honest with you. Is your prediction similar to Chris's with it slowing down in the second half of this year with obviously the talks of potential change on taxes? In Wales, they're seeing um, second homes increasing by 300% on tax um, to try and avoid... Well, local people aren't able to buy locally because they're being outbid by second homes and so forth. Do you see this slowing down? What's your predictions on this? I think from my perspective, you know, we've, we've definitely seen in Brixham and other parts of South Devon similar sort of trends to some of the areas that you've just spoken about. So it'd be interesting to see what is done. Um, I think it is it's definitely putting pressure on you know, a number of people trying to buy for the first time down here, 100%, people renting. But at the same time, it is bringing a lot of investment into the town. Brixham specifically, traditionally a, a big working fishing port. My, my father's actually a trawlerman still to the day. My granddad was a, was a fisherman as well. Do um, you qualify for local, Jamie? I've definitely, <laughs> definitely got enough generations <laughs> six feet under to qualify to be local. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, anything that makes the town less reliant on something like fishing can only be a good thing. That's becoming a harder and harder industry every single year. So I think it, it, as always with these things, it is going to be a balancing act. Definitely. I think there's, it isn't just that those taxation pressures and potentially some regulation around the corner that limits holiday home ownership specifically. There's, there's other wider factors that I think are going to put more pressure on homeowners and potentially make it more challenging to come into a holiday letting. So, you know, fuel pricing at the moment is is obviously crazy. The impact that can have on your operating costs 
all year round is is really significant and your bottom line you know people when they come on holiday don't really think about having to to switch off the um, the radiators yeah you know they pay they pay to enjoy somewhere for the week and they'll use that oh, the immersion's on isn't it the immersion's on 24 7 exactly so you know that is having a really big impact especially during this time of the year where you know, your average nightly price is a lot lower than it is in the warmer months when you're obviously not having to keep the heating going on quite as longer so you know, that that for me as a holiday homeowner myself as well as you know, working with owners directly that for me is just as big as a challenge or concern over some of the you know pending potential taxation challenges so how, how do you address that as a as a holiday home landlord because that's quite a big change like you say it's you're getting high price when when your running costs are low and yeah. low price when your running costs are high do you just have to stomach that or is there is there a plan in place I think everyone's really forcing to think about different solutions now. Um, you know, a lot of more homeowners are, are investing into um, you know, hive and nest type of technologies now, so they can, can, you know, can switch off heating when you know d- during periods of um, unoccupancy, which is a really smart move. Now, that would have been really hard to do like five, ten y- years ago if you knew somebody was be a week between stays and you lived under 60, 200 miles away, and you didn't have anybody to pop into. Um, turn off the heating and double check. I guess that let it on. Then yeah, this sort of stuff makes it a, a lot easier to tackle issues like that. So that's that's one thing um, people are doing. Others are obviously looking to reflect that in, in the nightly rate that they're looking to charge guests as well. Um, so you know we're seeing an inflation pretty much everywhere at the moment. Supermarkets, travel. Then you know you, you will see it 100 come through within the kind of the holiday let sector and self-catering apartments and things like that as well so that's 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 another coping mechanic and others are actually being even more pro- proactive and actually looking to invest into you know, improving just the all-round efficiency of their homes looking for greener solutions looking for things like air source heat pumps investing into windows you know, there's a lot of very old buildings and cottages in Brixham you know hundreds and hundreds of years old they, they don't stand up particularly well to to rising energy bill so stuff like that can make a huge difference from a compliance point of view obviously with uh, a typical ast contracts landlords obliged to have lots of compliance in there like your eici your gas safeties and so forth how is it on holiday let's is it the same is it slightly different yeah there's some similar similarities um definitely around eicr the gas safety checks um all homes have to uh, have a, a fire and safety assessment ultimately that get completed by by an agency or can get completed by the individual as well to make sure it's fit for purpose and all the right relevant safety checks have been um, completed. That's that's a, a, a really big one equally at the same time. Chris, what are you recommending that these types of investors actually buy? What's what's the what's the what's the hot property that people should be aiming for now? Well, in a uh, in an ideal world, if you're coming down here to um, uh, to buy a holiday let and you're um, you're looking to buy in Brixham, we talk about the, the the perfect mix, and the perfect mix is three things. In Brixham, if it's got parking, outside space, and view, then you're absolutely winning. Uh, most have two out of three, but getting three out of three does come at a cost, and it's usually the parking that that will drive drive prices up because it's so sought after here in Brixham, particularly in what we call the Harbour Bowl, 
everyone wants a nice intimate view of, of Brixham Harbour and the Golden Hind. And there was a, a space in one of the streets up the back of at the back of the building here uh, that sold for about 80 grand. It sold to somebody on that street that actually was an owner occupier. So for them, it was going to benefit them seven days a week. Yeah. So they paid more for it. Um, uh, yeah, parking, parking will make a huge difference. But if you can get two of those three, then uh, and if you certainly if you can get all three, then uh, then you're doing doing very very well. And the holiday cottages uh, cottages around the harbour, the old fishermen's cottages, in terms of a let, do a, do a bomb because people can drive down, leave the car. You know, it's a three or four minute stroll into town and the harbour and the bars and the restaurants. So in an ideal world, that's um, uh, that's what we would steer someone towards. But there are some uh, anomalies. You know, there aren't many bungalows to let. So those with disabilities and things like that might look at um, uh, might look at that kind of thing. But traditionally, if somebody walked into my office door and said, this is what I'm after, I want a holiday let, ready-made holiday let, then we would probably steer them in the way of a fisherman's cottage. Yeah, I think um, there's there's probably three other things on top of that that, from a um, uh, from a guest perspective, become even more important when looking for a holiday let to stay in. So one is pet usage. So we've already spoken about obviously the the rise in pet adoption and what that what that means. I think I read something recently that eighty five percent of people, if they take their pet away, will opt for a, a self catering cottage or accommodation so we know they're really popular amongst pet owners so one is pet friendly properties the other one is wi-fi now actually wi-fi has always been really important to anybody going away don't get me wrong but there's more people now coming away long weekends who actually planning of working in, in just a different environment and the amount of questions over the past year we've had around the speed of internet specifically just become more important because people are thinking about doing all their zoom calls and things like that whilst on holiday as well um try and get ahead of the game and maybe do work work from the place on a friday so you've got a nice, nice long weekend as well so actually the internet has become more important and the third one is is uh, electric car charging points in properties as well again i read somewhere recently airbnb published something saying that they've seen like a 350 percent rise wow. in in um in uh, guests looking for properties that have got charge car charging points as well that's a really interesting one um, it's hand in hand with your parking space conundrum as well doesn't it yeah, so no, if you exactly. can provide that then maybe you're, you're future proofing your investment against like you said it's getting more competitive so if you can provide that that usp for someone then um, then it'll be the easy one to take and as you say that friday to monday it's exactly what my office manager here does she was in barnstable two weeks ago drove down thursday night rather than friday very very nicely works until one on a Friday, um, but works worked from there, and and you get a longer weekend. Tell your office manager to visit South Devon next time, not North. <laughs> Bit of competition. <laughs> so, guys, talking money, what what would it cost you to buy in, and and what what's the likely return on investment? So, obviously, it depends what you're looking for. Something that we know is going to be a good holiday let whether it's a two-bedroom apartment or a fisherman's cottage, um, you know, with some views, okay, maybe not the parking, but you're going to be starting at somewhere around 250 to 280. And again, um, something with parking, a fisherman's cottage will be four to 450. 
So you're probably in that 250 to 450 range, depending on what it is, whether it's a flat, whether it's a house, parking, garden, how good the views are. But you're definitely definitely in that range. I would say the sweet spot where really for ROI would probably be somewhere around 3 to 320. We sold one last week that Mount Pleasant Road that Jamie actually sent me a link as soon as we put it on the on the internet. Uh, and Jamie said, there you go, that's a ready-made, ready-made, ready-made rental. Let me know if, um, if that goes to an investor. And typically... I'd expect to see somewhere around a 10 to 12% return gross on, um, uh, on from a holiday letting perspective. Would you agree there, Jay? Yeah. I mean, for the past couple of years, I think we've been even higher than that just because of the, just the level of demand. Again, reading somewhere recently that the, the average nightly price over the past couple of years on holiday lets in this part of the country has gone up by 30%. That's a big increase. So if you can find ways then to take out cost in other parts of your operation, then it becomes even more lucrative, doesn't it? A lot of people are looking to you know, manage it themselves so they don't have to then you know, pay commission to, a, to an agency to manage it for them. There's significant savings there. But the good news about you know, any investors looking to go into this space is that there's just so many costs and expenses that can be offset um, you know, at, at the end of the year when doing your self-assessment and your tax return. So I think that's what brought me into it originally when I was looking at either buying from an AST perspective or holiday let perspective. When I actually sat down with an accountant, he showed me everything that you could actually uh, claim back at the end or as tax deductible, if you like. It was it was really significant. So, um, yeah, that's one of the main reasons I went into it as well. I would be interested to know, so from the return is, is great from that side. What's the average stay? I don't know if it's something you can say. What's the average stay from someone visiting uh, just as an average? And then how much wear and tear would you consider more than a typical AST? Because it's a great return, but then are they decorating more often? Are they replacing items more often? I'd be interested to know from that side. In terms of the average stay, in terms of, not, in terms of number of nights? Yeah. Yeah, so this time of the year, most demand is for three nights, three nights or more during the lower season. And then it uh, one week stays ultimately as you get into the busier month. So for all of our owners, we operate a seven night minimum stay from uh, the end of end of May. And that runs right through pretty much until the end of October. So you've got quite a significant period of the year there where you've effectively got four different sets of guests going through a place in a month. But that wear and tear is a little bit higher during the, the lower seasons because you, you know, you're getting twice as many people going through it potentially in a week if you accept three night stays. Yeah. What about occupancy throughout the year? Do you, do you target a certain percentage for your, for your owners? Yeah, so uh, absolutely. So, you know, owners now, because it's just costing a lot more now to invest into good holiday lets at the start, they are all over the finances, um, unsurprisingly, because if it's going to cost them a little bit more money up front to get what they want, then they have to absolutely have the confidence that it's going to return. So when we do all of our appraisals for all of our owners, we we kind of split out different rates according to the different seasons and then you know tell them what uh, we think their occupancy is going to look like over the course of the year. I think a good, a good holiday let, you know, tick some of the boxes that Chris spoke about earlier in terms of parking, views you are probably looking at a minimum of 38 weeks in a year and it could be more than that just based on how good the property is and how um how it's priced as well obviously can have a massive impact you can get the occupancy up 
by knocking the price down, but then you're potentially going to get your wear and tear up um, at the same time. So it's a bit of a balancing act. About 38 weeks in a year, occupancy on average. My last technical question for you. What does it cost someone like me who lives three hours away to have my property managed? So um, it depends whether or not you want a fully managed service or just a bookings only managed, uh, bookings only service. So if you wanted all bells and whistles, absolutely everything catered for right at the start, right through during the stay and then after the stay as well, and all the different elements and components associated with that, ranging like cleaners and turnarounds and things, you're looking at 20% plus VAT for a fully managed service. Tristan, let's go on the opinion-based questions. Cool. So um, it's basically the questions here are quick fire. They're supposed to be quick fire, but we found over the, the last probably seven or eight podcasts, they're not quick fire. Um, they go on for a little bit, but speaking openly, personal opinion questions, and I'll come over to you first, Chris. What happens next in the property market? Um, uh, later this year, I think we're going to see a period of uh, the mar- that supply and demand, as I said earlier on, will close up. There'll be a plateau in terms of uh, in terms of pricing, possibly some localized dips here or there. I've always, uh, I think we're poised quite well here to weather the storm. And let's face it, if there is a dip, well, you know, you take roughly this move with about twenty percent of increases uh, over the last two years. So uh, you know, if you take a five percent dip, you're still uh, you're still on the up. Perfect, uh, Joe. Over to you. I- I'm sure I can name three of the points, but if you invested in the perfect buy to let. What does it look like to you? Someone with amazing views. Uh, people come here because they want to be close to the sea. Um, so anything which which gives you access to that seven days a week from your balcony, that, that's, the, that's the big one. Something that was within a couple of minutes of, of the town and all the bars, restaurants and pubs as well. So it's a really, it's convenient and conveniently located. And then, and then parking, you know, demand for parking is, is, is huge. So... I think uh, a nice two to three bed traditional cottage with, that ticks all those boxes is always going to do very well, Brixham. It's almost like I know my job. <laughs> and Chris, finally, um, what's the best single piece of advice you can give a property owner? Uh, before you buy, go and make sure, uh, do your homework on the area first and make sure you like it before spending possibly three £350,000 on Brixham Mortar. And if you'd like to add to that, maybe go and have a pint in the local pub as well. <laughs> Great. Get, yourselves the blue, get yourselves in the Blue Anchor on a Friday night. <laughs> That's the bit, the biggest recommendation of the 40 minutes. The Blue Anchor in yeah. Brixton. <laughs> Friendly. Don't you don't have to be a local, apparently. They'll let Chris in. But Chris, Jamie, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Jamie, I'm a little bit gutted you didn't say a three-bedroom ex-council house in Burnley was your perfect buy to let, uh, just to throw the cat amongst the pigeons and be controversial. But um, it's been an absolute education for, for me and I'm sure Tristan as well. And obviously the landlords in our area will really take some good information from that. If anybody wants to have a chat with Chris and Jamie, as we always say, Their details will be on the social links. Uh, If you want to reach out to us to go through those people, please give us a shout. But again, Chris, Jamie, thanks very much for your time. So thanks again to Chris and Jamie for joining us. I'm sure you agree. It was a really, really good educational 40 odd minutes to spend to learn what they do, how they do it and how they bring their landlords in and that you are welcome in the Blue Anchor in Brixham. Other than being welcome in the Blue Anchor in Brixham, Tristan, what was your biggest takeaway? 
I think for me, the return on investment is fantastic. You said roughly between 10 and 12%, but they've certainly seen higher over the past 18 months. Um, and also the increase of prices have gone up by 30%, which is just shows the sheer volume of demand that's gone out to the coast. Um, so certainly an eye-opener, a lot of information to take in there, but they were my key takeaways. What about you? Yeah, there was two things, actually. One that Jamie was really reflective of the fishing industry that has that has obviously paid those small small fishing villages a living for for centuries is a really tough gig now so a lot of people down there do welcome the investment of holiday makers spending their hard-earned money in Devon and Cornwall so you're not the villain by buying property down there you're encouraging money being spent in their towns the, the second part of that was Jamie's expectation is around about 38 weeks out of 52 occupancy. So if, like me, you do enjoy a weekend away or a week away down in the southwest, well, where you're going to book for your holiday cottage could just be yours. And that will mean that you're getting a free holiday that's being paid for by the people who are paying the mortgage um, and the service charges on your property. So it could be a double win. So again, thanks so much to Jamie and to Chris of Absolute Sales and Lettings and Saltwater Escapes for joining us. As ever, if there's anyone that you would like to see or hear on our podcast, please do send the message. If you'd like to be on our podcast, send us a message as well. Until next time, goodbye. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital gains yeah. tax, and obviously a stamp duty cost that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast, and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.